Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is an episode that I actually wasn't planning to record originally, but I saw this article on the New York Times that made me extremely upset. Uh, I think they need to do better. I mean, I was astounded that they, they're still, in this day and age, they would publish an article like this. Uh, it's very similar, unfortunately, to other articles with the same kind of rhetoric that I've seen. And re uh, recently, I've seen a couple in Brazil. I've seen some in the UK. Anyways, <clears throat> it's this whole... She's perpetuating this whole hype trend theory where um, instead of acknowledging disabled advocates that are trying to advocate to be better accepted and accommodated and see the positive traits of their disability as well. It's just gaslighting and shunning them as a social media hype trend um, or whatnot. This is actually a very interesting scenario because this woman that wrote this article that's called Why I'm More and More Ambivalent About My Autism Diagnosis is actually diagnosed autistic. Her name is Emma Camp. She was diagnosed at 20 years old according to her on this article. Uh, and so then shortly after she entered the social media, actually autistic circles. And so it's very interesting. Um, she says that she actually originally, like the most of us, like certainly myself, found relief when she joined these circles and could identify with um, other people that have very similar experiences and realize that all these things about herself that she thought that she was just weird or just quirky um, were actually autistic traits and there's nothing because for a lot of us we're relieved like oh okay there's nothing wrong with us we're not wrong we're not broken we're not doing things wrong we're not broken neurotypicals we're we're autistic and we're just different and we just need to be accommodated differently and so apparently this was actually helpful for her as well and then somehow and it must have been because we have so much um ableism around us that you know we're, we're easily a lot many of us um can be you know e easily influenced by this the outside narrative which is still unfortunately the predominant narrative and so now she starts going off about this whole hype trend thing which is um basically she's talking about how she's been um annoyed or concerned about um disabled folks making uh cartoons about stimming um you know basically we're embracing our positive traits we're trying to educate people about stimming and then we're uh, I don't know, people that make cartoons about, like, their experiences with OCD. Um, and, you know, saying that, oh, you know, uh, she literally says that disability, that these things used to be um, considered, uh, developmental disabilities, used to be considered serious conditions to be, quote, ashamed of. She literally, it's literally like she wants instead of us like speaking out about our experiences and how we want to be accommodated this woman wants us to hide in the closet and feel ashamed of ourselves it seems 
Um, I will personally, and I know many others, we will no longer hide in the closet and be ashamed of our so-called serious conditions. And stop calling it serious conditions. This article is just infested with ableist language, um, such as serious conditions and mental illnesses. So she's basically saying that instead of us seeing our disabilities as differences to be supported and accommodated, she wants us to see them as mental illnesses to be ashamed of, which is like the predominant pathology-based um, this pathology-based narrative, this medical model of disability uh, that's been in place for, for a long time, which is totally ignoring the social model of disability, the fact that a lot of the struggles from disabled people come, that, that we experience, is come from the way society treats us. The fact that society is not properly accommodating to disabled people. I'm going to leave, an, uh, I'm just going to mention this quote from Judy Human again, the mother of the disability rights movement. One of the, her quotes is, Disability is only a tragedy if society fails to accommodate, properly accommodate disabled folks. And so, this whole article is basically ignoring what we're actually trying to do, calling us influencers instead of advocates. Or when, when the one time that she does refer, um, refer to us as advocates, she puts it in quotation marks. Basically, that she, you know, she doesn't believe we're advocates or she's gaslighting or invalidating us or, you know, saying that everyone has to, um, even people that aren't, that don't have brains that are built for this has to comply with these neuronormative societal expectations and get some fancy degree, which a lot of disabled folks simply do not have the financial conditions and the development and the environment and the support to achieve this and so it's it's downright ableism because you're expecting everyone to comply to neuronormative molds because she's going off about how um you know uh the the she feels i don't know how she feels this that uh people with lived experience are getting more credit than doctors because no doctors have always gotten more credit and a lot of times there's a lot of medical ableism and they do not understand how AD, autism and ADHD presents. They do not get taught this in psychology school. My sister, who is finishing psychology school at USC, confirms this to me. My therapist, who has a master's in psychology, confirmed this to me. She did not learn about neurodiversity until way after her master's, way after she got her master's. Um, and people don't seem to understand that it's, we are not doing this for likes and attention. We are trying, and most of us at least, I can't speak for everyone, maybe a small percentage are, but we don't self-diagnose for likes and attention. We self-diagnose because it's it's hard to, you see, a diagnosis is something that you can't just walk in and get. It's very expensive. A lot of people can't afford it. And she does mention this a little bit, but she completely fails to mention medical ableism, the fact that some people go to get a diagnosis and they're told that they can't be autistic because they walked up the stairs. 
they're told that they can't be autistic because they're in a relationship. So basically, this is the standard that these so-called medical professionals have for autistic people. We're supposed to just be hiding in the closet and not be in relationships and not be walking upstairs to their understanding. But, you know, she's very pro-medical professionals and whatever. Like, clearly these people don't understand a thing about autism. Um, and so, you know, uh, she is just, I don't even know. She doesn't understand all, like, she speaks so much of how she feels like people embracing their positive traits of their disabilities is somewhat harming folks with higher support needs. Um, which I, I completely disagree with because all we're doing is we're speaking about our experiences. We're speaking about, hey, these are the positive things that we like about our particularly particular experience with these disabilities. And by, by speaking of our positive experiences, we are not invalidating the fact that we have struggles. We are not invalidating the fact that many disabled people with high support needs have a lot of struggles. We're just saying, hey, how about you guys better accommodate? How you guys? How about you guys better understand us, society? How about society better understand us, under so we can help um, express how we would. And everyone is going to be different, but everyone can express like how they would like to be accommodating, accommodated by neurotypical society as disabled people with lived experiences how would we like to be accommodated that's what we're trying to say and so this rhetoric of you know trying to shrug this away and invalidate us as a hype trend or whatnot is really harmful to all autistics especially especially those with high support needs because those and those with high support needs non-speakers Autistics that are multiply marginalized, these are the folks that are going to be continuously gaslit if, you know, you're, you're gaslighting an entire... Because these are the folks that do not have access, that have the least access to a medical diagnosis, that, that, that have the least chance of the way the system is built of getting their needs met, that need the most help, getting their needs met, and they're being completely gaslit when this woman uh, says that, you know, uh, that a uh, medical diagnosis should be validated and basically uh, paints her whole critique of self-diagnosis. Well, how about the people that can't afford self-diagnosis? How about the people that won't get them that can't get a medical diagnosis because there's so much medical ableism out there. This is she speaks like like she's trying to to save these these folks. Um, you know, like oh, because they're being harmed by us posting happy things about our positive traits. But she's not offering any insight, any solution to to how do we we accommodate them? How how do we make sure their support needs are being met? No, it seems like she just wants all all of us to hide and be ashamed of what she considers mental illnesses. Um, and really, um, just to finish this off, because I know I've been going out rambling for a while, um, I hope I'm making sense, but I'm finishing this off here with the fact that we need to we need to understand 
there are more disabled people out there than these folks think. There are more disabled people out there than many people think. Many people are still underdiagnosed. They're unable to afford a diagnosis. I talked about this extensively already in episode 5. And it's time for society to start taking a hard look at what makes them so... What makes these people like Emma Camp. Even people that are autistic themselves that might have a lot of internalized ableism. Question what makes them so uncomfortable about disabled people embracing themselves and advocating for how they want to be supported. I think I think it's a fair question. I think these folks need to really take a hard look at why they're so uncomfortable with disabled people out in the open speaking about their disability instead of hiding. Um, anyways, that's all for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you were able to get something out of it. I'm sorry it was kind of rambly and I was upset by this article, but um, I hope this helps everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening and see you next time.